Hey guys, this is Sky from Two Dudes Movie Reviews, and Colin and I wanted to put a little disclaimer ahead of this episode. We recorded this just under three weeks before releasing it, and a lot has happened in that time. And we didn't want the episode to come out and give off the appearance that we were ignoring the larger issues at hand right now and the issues that have been ongoing for hundreds of years. And there's moments in this show where we make reference to some current events, but it always relates to movies. And there's moments in this episode where we're, we're joking around and we're very light and we always like to keep the show light and fun. And we didn't want that to come off as disrespectful or inconsiderate. We think now is a very important time for the people who have been oppressed the most in this country and have been voiceless, that they have a voice. So we are not posting on social media right now. We probably plug our own website at the end of the episode. But I think there's much more important things for you to be looking at right now. And now's not a time for silence. Now's a time for people to work towards positive change and equality, real equality. And there are a lot of great resources that you can find. And there are a lot of ways you can help. And we think it's important that you go there. We'll never understand what it's really like to live as a person of color, but we wholeheartedly stand behind them in their fight for equality. So we thank you for listening to us. But right now there's a lot of other people you need to listen to. And we just hope everybody is staying safe and learning from this moment and we're going to continue to do the best we can next week we'll probably have to do another disclaimer because that episode was recorded in advance too but after that we will be caught up with the times and we should be better equipped to navigate and yeah if you're still listening uh, enjoy the episode and we hope that we can bring some sort of smile to your face in these hard times. Thank you. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, movie streamers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. With Sky and Colin, <laughs> one jump ahead of the bread line.
All right, we're not doing this. I mean, it was my fault. I started it, but we're not doing this. If we do it, we might get a scathing review. You know, we should just do Aladdin again. Yeah. Why aren't we? Why are we? Here, here's the thing. Why are we watching all these new movies? People want retro reviews. We're going to do a retro review. We're going to review the original Aladdin, and then we're going to review Return of the Jafar, and then we're going to review Aladdin and the King of Thieves. I feel like King of Thieves doesn't get enough credit. I remember liking that movie as a kid. I'd be, I actually would be interested to rewatch that. So, uh, fun fact, I actually liked King of Thieves more than Return of Jafar as a kid, but I remember... There's a scene in uh, Aladdin and the King of Thieves where the villain, he's like, you just hear him off camera and he's like, what's the trouble in Agrabah? And then his fist comes down and he's holding like a glass of like beer and he just slams against the table and he goes, nothing. And like the beer like like goes everywhere. And I remember I watched that movie and then my mom, she made me strawberry milk and I was at the dinner table with my friend and then all of a sudden I just go what's the trouble in Agrabah and I fucking just slam my strawberry milk on the table (laughs) and it just goes everywhere and they were just like why (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck is your problem yeah now I'm just screaming what's the trouble in Agrabah (laughs) is Agrabah a real place probably not who knows though we don't do these are things I should know I'm, I'm in my 30s I should know if Agrabah is a real place. It's probably like one of those made up places like uh like Wisconsin or something. Well, I know that he's Prince Ali of where? Uh Ali Bob Ali Babwa. Ali Ababwa. <laughs> yeah, and that's made up. That is that is a not a real place. Yeah. Don't even come at me with that fake shit. <laughs> yeah, we cracked the code. I dig yeah. it. Yeah. Um we're not doing Aladdin. It's not happening. <laughs> oh yeah that's true we're not doing aladdin everyone's let down everyone's upset now we just lost like 10 subscribers like what i clicked on how to train your dragon the only reason <laughs> i've tuned in is because i've been holding out yeah <laughs> i keep calling this waiting that's my joke for this i keep calling how to uh build a girl how to train your dragon <laughs> yeah that's well that's what the movie we're talking about mm-hmm. which we have a running thing where we never mention what movie we're <laughs> reviewing unless we have something really shitty to say about it right out of the gate, or we're super excited. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, Gemini Man, like, we immediately started talking about it. It was little. I love it, because it's just like, with Sky and Colin, and this fucking piece of crap movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like, that shit's so stupid. Could you believe this shit? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, I I noticed that the other day. I was like, we we generally forget to like mention like. So are you excited for our review of fucking Space Jam? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Space Jam has been on my mind. I'm, I've been watching that Michael Jordan documentary. Oh yeah, dude! Everybody's talking about that. Yeah, I haven't checked that out though. Isn't that on like a ESPN? It's on. So, it's like, on ESPN. Yeah, like their streaming platform. That being said, I just downloaded the app on my smart TV. And it never asked me to sign in or anything, so I just started watching it. Oh, that's pretty rad. Yeah. So it's this is like one of the Meanwhile, like, you're being you don't know it, but you're being charged like two hundred dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay, cool. You want this? We'll give you the premium package. <laughs> yeah, hope you like sports. <laughs> but um Brandon put it on when we were we were back uh visiting my parents last week and I got sucked in. I watched the first episode and I was like, Oh, this is this is good. <laughs> I like this. So Oh, it's like a series? 
Yeah, it's a ten episode documentary, and each each part, oh. each episode's an hour long. That's insane. Yeah, but like obviously, I'm I'm a hockey guy. I don't really know much about basketball, but uh, it's it's really fascinating. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about him. They haven't gotten into Space Jam yet, which I'm a little upset about. But uh, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> that comes up later. <laughs> well, did they get to his baseball career yet? No, they haven't. Okay, so Space Jam happened post baseball and i th- i think space jam happened right after he returned to the nba cuz he only did the baseball thing for like i want to say a season or maybe two seasons don't quote me on that i'm not I'm, I'm not an expert in that field or any field i can't remember when he went and played baseball but the documentary basically is like covering their there are two sets of like championships because the Bulls won like three championships in a row. And then I actually don't know how many they won the second time. I know they won for, for sure two in a row. Maybe they won a third one. I think when he came back, it was just two. Well, don't spoil it. <laughs> oh, well, so sorry. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. So so he won those three championships, then played baseball and then came back and won more championships. That's how it went. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, I know that they're... Their first three championships were early 90s, and then their last uh, two or three or whatever were like 96, 97. 97. Yeah. So, and Space yeah. Jam came out in 96. Yeah, so there you go. It would have been the season that he returned to the freaking hoops. Oh, wow. See, yeah, they haven't mentioned he that. returned to the hoops. <laughs> They've, um, it bounces around a lot. Like, they haven't mentioned the hoops. The hoops. <laughs> but the documentary starts off like, early in his career well actually the documentary starts off in the 1997-98 season but then it like goes back in time and like shows like when he was drafted and stuff like that and like the climax of the documentary is going to be the finals or whatever the playoffs of that year that 98 season yeah it keeps like showing stuff like in the past and like basically showing you what's leading up to that so i don't know if they go into the baseball stuff or not but i'm on episode seven and they haven't talked about it yet Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they might just skip over that. Yeah. Which I don't blame them. But I, I hope they don't because I want Space Jam, man. I, I said, I was like, you know, everyone's talking about LeBron and Jordan and, you know, comparing the two. Like, I'm waiting for Space Jam 2 to come out. And that's how I'm judging their careers. Whoever has the better movies, the better player. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> you got a little bit of a Sum 41 vibe going on over there because you're going to be still waiting. Uh, Space Jam 2 comes out soon, dude. Bullshit. Nothing comes out soon. We're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> they they actually uh, released the logo recently. Oh, that means it's it's almost here. I I had read that we're supposed to get a trailer. Somebody though. downloaded Photoshop. <laughs> I I had read that we're supposed to get the trailer though in the next few months. That would be cool. I really want these fucking movie theaters to open. Oh, actually, the friggin' drive-in opened. Yeah. Did you get to go, or did you even try to go? Because I heard that it was a shit show. Um, I did not try to go. I actually drove past it the other day and saw it open, and I was like, wow, that looks like fucking chaos right now. Because everybody's going to be fucking itching to go. And I was surprised, too, because they're not they're not the most new, but I was figuring, like, okay, they're going to reopen, and they're going to show, like, the hits, get people in butts in the seat. And then I went and looked. I mean, it's not the best lineup. It's like Trolls World Tour. Sonic, that's a one double feature. Then they got Bloodshot, Bloodshot yeah. <laughs> and Invisible Man. So I'm like, okay, they're they're still working with what was in theaters. 
before the shutdown because all well it, with the exception of trolls because that's the old that's the newest thing they're showing yeah i think so is trolls the yeah because trolls only came out on vod a couple weeks ago yeah no you're right it is it is trolls i thought that they would be showing capone or something like that capone or um even like the lovebirds or something like i don't know i thought that they were going to show something a bit newer because there's there are a few things that just came out that they could have used yeah i'm not sure how it works with the drive-in i'm assuming I don't know. I don't, they don't still send out film, right? It's all digital now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just know that, uh, our drive-in is in, uh, Warwick, New York and it's like a decent sized town, but it's not like a city or anything like that. And like, we're about an hour away from like New York city and stuff. And I heard that like people were coming from like New York city, like the Bronx, like all the, and apparently their, their max capacity, I think is, is normally 600, but they can only do 300 because like you know social distancing and all that yeah but apparently they were it was like they had to turn people away like so quickly like they probably like got like two thousand people show up yeah it's crazy it, dude it was national news no lie yeah it's crazy couldn't believe it that fucking reporter like because i i don't know if any other drive-ins have opened yet um yeah no i don't i don't think so you know, I'm, I'm back upstate now, so I, I can't go. But if it wasn't like crazy, like we were thinking about going because we actually looked up what the, you know, we're like, oh, it's it's going, you know, they're back up. What's playing? And then we looked and I'd seen everything except for trolls. And I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm considering actually going to see trolls with Logan. Oh, OK. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, because like I know he's going to want popcorn. But if the concessions are open, like I really don't want to go to them yeah i don't know how that would work yeah that's what i mean so i don't know i don't know i'm i'm thinking about it but i I think we need some time for that shit to cool down yeah i i think so too i really want just the movie theaters to open yeah same uh one thing i did want to talk about though because you mentioned uh national news uh did you hear about this chuck e cheese business Wait, we're we're really going to talk about Chuck E. Cheese again? Yeah, because you need to hear about this. I think you'll love this shit. All right, hit me. So, uh, it was it was actually confirmed by the company yesterday. This is this is confirmed. This ain't like some myth like when they were uh talking about like, "Oh, maybe they recycled pizza." Like, this is this is real. Uh, I guess they were hurting for for business right now like everybody else and they were like, "Oh, man, like nobody's ordering delivery from Chuck E. Cheese." Go figure. <laughs> Yeah. And and uh so what they did though is they created a new company named after one of the animatronic characters in the the band when you go to Chuck E. Cheese. So they made a place called Pasquale's Pizza and listed the address oh as God. the as they listed the address as the Chuck E. Cheese like building. So people would order pizza from this, what they thought was a pizzeria, but then their DoorDasher or Grubhub driver would literally just drive to Chuck E. Cheese and p- pick up the pizza. And so they... That is awesome. They've been, yeah, they've been tricking people into buying Chuck E. Cheese by hiding the name under a different restaurant. <laughs> Everything I learn about this company through you just makes me want to support them. I said to Brand yesterday, I was like, you can't even be mad. Like, you got to respect the hustle. <laughs> yeah. So... Wait, what was the... It's Pasquale or something? Yeah, Pasquale. It's like P-A-S-Q-U-A-L-L-Y. So given that Chuck E. Cheese's uh, mascot is a rat, is this like Pasquale the possum? 
He's well, he's the one person in the band that's human. He's like a chef. What the fuck is the problem with this place? <laughs> yeah. It's but like he's, he's meet in, our band. It's an animatronic mouse, an animatronic dog, <laughs> a human chef. <laughs> Dude, I told you they came up with the mascot thinking that it was a coyote. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Everything about this just screams like I got a ton of money. Let's open a pizzeria that is also basically just a uh, parent's nightmare and child's wet dream. <laughs> and uh, hey, uh, pass me the rest of the co- that Coke. All right, good. Um, we have a rat for a mascot. His name is Charles Edward Cheese. <laughs> Surname. <laughs> Surname Cheese. Yeah. The third. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's so many things with that company that like just crack me up because it was just so thrown together. <laughs> I I was dying at that though, and also their statement was hilarious. Their statement's basically like, Pasquale's Pizza is a premium dining experience. Like they're like it's made in Chuck E. Cheese, but we use more sauce for a premium experience. <laughs> Dude, that's what. That's what I tell everybody. I'm like, bro, if you want a premium experience, you gotta have that extra sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why the girls love you. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Obviously. They're just like, y'all ever notice how much extra sauce that dude has? Yeah. And they're like, it's like I a know. premium experience. <laughs> it's, it's, I was gonna say it's a premium experience. <laughs> 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 that's what they used to call me in high school they used to call me the premium experience <laughs> the premium they, they always knew I had that sauce on me I was going to say primo Italian sausage <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah man. man do the Irish or the Dutch make sausage because that's uh, that's what I got going on <laughs> yeah you're not Italian <laughs> yeah not not Italian I thought you would appreciate that I do appreciate that I we really got to go to a Chuck E. Cheese one. When this is all over, the first thing we should do together is go out to eat at a Chuck E. Cheese. No, <laughs> I'm not even bringing Logan. Just you and me. We, we we should go. I mean, honestly, they should be giving us free pizza because we've probably given them more publicity than they've got, they've gotten in like a year. <laughs> I know. Dude, do you remember the old Chuck E. Cheese commercials where it's like, bring in your report card and you'll get extra coins for good grades. Yeah. And there's like laser beams like shooting around and then all of a sudden the mouse appears. And it's like, uh, the kids are going nuts, but it's over like the shit prizes. Like there's clearly good prizes behind them. And it's like, yeah, I got one of those stupid rubber things that when you pop it inside out, it flies into the air. <laughs> you like spider rings? Put this on the tip of my dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot off the tip of my penis. That's actually the, when Chucky's uh, teaching everyone how to use it. That's one of the ways he demonstrates. He pulls out his, yeah. his rat cock. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Rat Cox Pizza. <laughs> that will, knowing their business structure, that was probably the first name that they had. And then they were like, wait a minute, no, it's a coyote. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Co- Co- yeah coyote Cock Pizza. <laughs> Let's name this place Coyote Ugly. That's already taken. Fine. Make it a mouse. Call it Chuck E. Cheese. Give me my Coke. <laughs> yeah. Where's Pasquale? Honestly, I, I can't fault him. <laughs> yeah. oh, who's man. who's Pasquale? That's the only thing on that stage that's a human. <laughs> Mamma mia! 
So good. Eek a mouse. <laughs> I'm kind of like slowly fading into like Count Dracula with that. Eek a mouse. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I make the best pizza. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> you gotta have an extra sauce for the premium experience. <laughs> so so good. <laughs> Have you ever had a Transylvania slice? The sauce is actually blood. <laughs> uh, we it was funny though because I saw that article like with the statement on Twitter, and then I clicked on the comments, and like one of the first ones was somebody was like, "Oh my god, it's real!" Because they like looked it up on DoorDash, and it showed up for them like in their town, <laughs> and they're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to trust the news these days, especially like when you're seeing articles on the internet. You're like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. What is this, The Onion? Nope. The Onion is becoming real. <laughs> I always see articles from The Onion or like The Hard Times, and I read it, and I'm like, holy shit, and I get really excited because like I love when dumb shit happens, and I get really excited, and then I see that it's The Onion or like Hard Times. I'm like, oh, god damn it, it's fake. Like, really wanted that thing that's yeah. terrible to be real. Yeah, I wanted that. I wanted that horribly stupid news to be real. <laughs> For a second, the world was more magical. The, the best was when they uh, did the video, and they like spent so much time making this joke. Pretty sure this is the onion, but it was about the uh, the Michael Bay uh, Ninja Turtle movies, and they were like, Michael Bay wanted the Ninja Turtles to be as real as possible. That's why he like went all out with like weighted digital to give them realistic looking penises. And yeah. <laughs> have you seen that? Yeah, I have. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, I used to love, like, going on to the Onion's website and, like, watching, like, all the news. Like, you you see when they do the, um, like, it looks like a real news show. And they also have another one where it looks like a morning talk show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but whoever they got for, like, the different, like, newscasters were so perfect because, like, they're saying the dumbest, wildest shit, but they're so good at keeping a straight face. Really, really appreciated their work. <laughs> It's hard to keep a, a straight face. I was uh I was filming stuff uh in front of the green screen the other day for the uh for for what we got going on. But then afterwards, me yeah. and Ryan, we started doing fake infomercials just via Snapchat. And almost every single one I, I broke like character like in the middle of it and just started hysterical laughing. I gotta cut together all of our outtakes from when we were doing the uh we were recording our our uh, vocals for the Instagram stories. The uh, the isolation bracket. Yeah, because those were getting out of hand fast. Yeah, they were really good. There were a lot of alternate takes that uh, I think I think the Swampies would really appreciate. Yeah, I think so too. I actually have to send. I have all the outtakes. I got I got to send them to you. Yeah, you should send them. And when you send them, you should send them all the way to the trailer park. <laughs> I might have telegraphed that one a little more. You did. I knew it was coming. But you know what? That's okay. We've been going for a little bit long. We've been talking about a lot of diverse things. Premium experiences. Cheese, rats, coyotes. Heavy on the sauce. Heavy on the sauce. I think it's about time that we we got into the trailer park. Agreed. So what are we talking today? We are talking, duh, five bloods. Duh, five bloods. Yeah. A Spike Lee joint. Yeah. You, you, you got to call them Spike Lee joints. That's right. Well, he does. Yeah, no. They're in so now trailers. I do. Yeah. So we've talked about this before. Like, oh, 
when a movie comes out and the trailer comes out, we got to watch the trailer before we do the trailer park. But um, neither of us have watched this trailer. <laughs> no. But at the time of recording this, the trailer's only been out for a day. Yeah, I sent it to you. I think it was last night. And I was like, yo, check this out. Like, this is something we could do because this movie comes out in less than a month. Uh, it's going to Netflix. So people are going to be able to watch it. This might be a review. A new Spike Lee movie, that's kind of a big deal because the last thing he did was Black Klansman, which I finally got around to seeing a, a while back and I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and, great. And uh, that's another one of those things that kind of really turned me around on Adam Driver. Oh, really? In the good way. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I just wasn't sure like what it was that like made you be like, oh, okay, if it was if it was Black Klansman or if it was Marriage Story or, or what. Actually, no. Uh, the Report? There was something you watched before um, Marriage Story that like kind of like piqued your interest a little bit. Maybe it was probably Black Klansman, honestly. I yeah, I think I did watch Black Klansman before Marriage Story, and then that's the one where I was just like, okay, oh well, where it really kicked it off was Dead Don't Die. Yes, that's it. Yeah, we saw that, and I was just like, he was funny in this. I, I actually really liked him and his character. I was like, this, I'm into what he was doing. I'm like, all right, maybe I was just giving him a hard time. Maybe I should. Uh, Maybe I should open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then the next thing I would have seen him in was Black Klansman, then Marriage Story. And then once I saw Marriage Story, I was just like, oh, I love him. I fucking <laughs> love him. He's amazing. <laughs> but you want to uh, check this out for the first time? You want to pop our cherries on some Spike Lee shit? <laughs> Can we rephrase that? <laughs> I honestly can't. I can't. No, there's no better way to say it. Yeah, let's, let's Listen, watch this. I- I need you to call up Spike, tell him we got a couple of cherries need popping. <laughs> I'm sure he'll come a running. Uh, he'll say, what's popping? And we'll go, our cherries. <laughs> and then what will he do? Hang up? <laughs> yeah, probably. He, he'll he say, how did you get this number? Fuck you. Never call here again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what'll happen. <laughs> that's fair. All right, let's take a look at this. Black GI. Is it fair? serve more than the white Americans that sent you here. Nothing is more confused than to be ordered into a war to die without the faintest idea of what's going on. I dedicate this next record to the Soul Brothers. Is this shot in a different aspect ratio? It looks like it is. Or at least it looks like this part of it is. I know the movie takes place during the Vietnam War, I'm pretty sure. So, like, I thought maybe it was found footage. Oh, there we go. Welcome now the aspect ratio is changing. Look at that That's pretty cool. You're the man in all his glory. Who was that guy? That brother was the best damn soldier that ever lived. We bury it. Made our own. We come back and collect. Yeah, notice it keeps changing throughout the trailer. Maybe, maybe like um, fucking flashbacks are what's in that that different aspect ratio. Yeah, which maybe makes sense. Being back here. Is that Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, he's the lead in this movie. Nice, good. Broken man. So what? You blaming yourself? You don't even know. No. 
time for this country from the very get. Now the time is There are things to really we give this goal to our people. It shouldn't be a surprise with a Spike Lee film, but like, really like the way this In movie looks work, and I just like the style. And that means knowing yeah. exactly who I am in business with. Well, damn. Well, like we said, we didn't have much to say while we were watching it. I mean, I was just. Yeah. We gotta. We gotta take it in. Yeah. And uh, like what you said about the uh, the style, like Spike Lee's style. Yeah, he. I love the way his films look and he's one of those directors who like really is like an auteur Mm -hmm. not to be a total douche and use a word like auteur, but, um, (laughs) but I'm going to anyway, but but I'm going to do it. (laughs) It's our show. I do what I want to, (laughs) but I was really digging the aesthetic. I was more so enjoying the look of like the flashback stuff. I think that was really Cool. It looked like some of it might have been almost like not stock footage, but like footage, like real footage from back then Mm -hmm. cut with footage that they shot. And if they play something like that with those elements, I could see that being kind of cool. But if he just recreated that, all of that, and that was just all shit that he filmed and it wasn't actual footage from Vietnam, then fucking awesome job. Yeah. The one thing about this is I felt like we didn't get a ton from that trailer. So, like, I can't tell how they're going to use that footage in it yet. We'll probably just have to wait until it comes out. But, yeah, I I think either way it would be really cool. If it's, like, found footage, that's really cool that they, like, brought it back, kind of, uh, you know, repurposed it for this. But if they reshot it and then made it look like it was old, then that's even cooler. Because it, it does, it looks like found footage for sure. Right. I wanted to say this. There's there's four writers on this film, Spike Lee being one of them. Kevin Wilmot is another one. He was one of the writers on uh, Black Landsman, so that's cool. Um, the other two, though, primarily known for video games. I don't. I huh. I only find that semi concerning just because we just dealt with this with with Bloodshot. <laughs> yeah, but that was the director who worked on video games. Yeah, yeah. I just uh. That that put a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> I I don't Do you know what video games they worked on. I actually think they worked on a couple like pretty good ones because video games these days are basically just playable movies. Yeah, even longer because like the story. I don't know if you played the new God of War. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, like that's if that was a movie, I'd be like cream in my jeans. Yeah, most of the video games they worked on though were from like the like mid nineties to like early two thousands. Oh, okay. Like Medal of honor, rising sun and like James Bond, like everything or nothing, which I actually really so like that game, but yeah. So we're talking like PlayStation two era. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I had uh everything or nothing on either PlayStation two or the original Xbox, but yeah, they, they've worked on a few like actual movies. Like they were right around the flash and the rocketeer and stuff like that. So and also, they're working with Spike Lee. I I don't think the writing is going to be bad on this movie at all. It was just something that I noticed where I was like, uh. Now, like what you were saying about the trailer really doesn't tell you much. This trailer kind of doesn't tell you anything, which is weird because I don't remember any other Spike Lee joints following that similar pattern. Because 
you know, we we always like to be surprised by the movies. We like it when a trailer can hide some stuff from us so that we can kind of discover it ourselves. But this, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I guess we don't know what they're hiding from us because we don't know what the movie is. But I feel like even like the Black Klansman trailer sets you up to know the world right away. I mean, it's also based on a true story, so it's a little bit different. Do you know if this is based on a true story? I don't think it is. I think it's just taking a time period and like building a story around it. Cause I'm assuming if okay. there, if it, I'm assuming if it was based on a true story, it would have said it in the trailer. I'm pretty sure that the black Klansman trailer did that and stuff. And I couldn't find it anywhere on like IMDB and stuff that said that this was real. Okay. But I, I know it is basically like people are returning to Vietnam. I think it's after the, the war, but they're returning to Vietnam to basically like get the remains of like, their squad leader and i'm assuming that chadwick boseman is the squad leader and i guess oh yeah because you only see his character in those flashback moments where the aspect ratio changes yeah and i i think there's some sort of like they're getting his remains but i think also there's there's some sort of like i don't want to say treasure but like the guy had had money or whatever so they're basically going back to get like gold or something something like that i mean that would be cool yeah i think it'd be cool the one thing i, I also want to say is like all of Spike Lee's movies have like some humor to them, but I wouldn't say they're necessarily they're not comedies. I can't tell how much comedy is going to be in this because it looks like it's more of a war. Like it definitely looks like it's just a, a war movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like you said, like, I mean, he doesn't really do comedy anyways, but I'm sure there will be things in there because, you know, if they're like a like a unit and they remained close or something like that, they probably have like a a relationship where like they joke around. So I'm sure there's going to be, cause that's a, that's another staple in like military movies. It's always, you got them all in the truck or all in the helicopter. And it's like, Hey Johnny, what do you got over there? And he's holding this, this like locket. And he's like, Oh, nothing. And he's like, Oh, Oh, you got a girl back home. Oh, better hope she's not getting banged out. Ah! <laughs> you know, they always have th- those, uh, in a lot of war movies, I actually feel like this is more relevant in like crappier war movies, but I feel like there's always that scene where it's like, I got a uh, wife and a and a kid back home. Like I, I got to get back to them. And then they like, they're like, but I'm writing this, I write notes to them every day. And then like when they die, they're like, please give this to my, my son or something when you get back and like pass it off. Like, yeah, that's why like, I actually like really respect a few movies like Dunkirk and uh, even like 1917, like to some degree. But, like, those movies, when characters die, they just, like, die. And it's, like, very, like, unceremoniously. It just happens. It yeah. happens. It's more raw. But, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, um, I'm um i assuming there's going to be some of, like, his humor in it. Like I said, he doesn't really do comedies. But, like, I just wasn't getting that. I feel like even in, like, the Black Klansman trailer, you got, like, a like a joke here or there. Here, like, I don't know. Like, it's hard for me to pin down exactly what this is going to be. But I'm definitely in- into it. Like, I I like the aesthetic of it. I like all the psychedelic stuff in the in the trailer. So, and, I, and the, we didn't even mention this. I really like the cast because, I mean, Chadwick Boseman's in it and Gene Reno's in it. And I'm I'm really liking Paul Walter Hoser. I think it's pronounced Hoser, Hauser. But he's the the guy, he was, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, uh, Richard Jewell. He played Richard Jewell in the movie that came out last year and he was in I, Tanya. Oh, okay. I really like him also. So I'm, I'm excited about the cast on this movie. Oh, and he was in Black Klansman too, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, if you actually want to talk about someone who's like doing really good, because he was in Black Klansman in, in 2018 and I Tanya in 17, 
And then last year he was in Richard Jewell, which he was the star of. And then he was also in uh, Late Night last year. But he's he's doing really good for himself. He's he's carving up a nice little career, <laughs> as they say in the biz. <laughs> exactly. We would know. <laughs> we would know. We're part of said biz. Exactly. Kind of. Yeah. We're biz adjacent. <laughs> I've always described our show as biz adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first way we described it. Not um, professional opinions or, or what was it amateur assholery <laughs> yeah something like that so i actually have a question okay do you think that this movie was originally intended for netflix because spike lee doing a movie is a big deal he's one of those directors like a tarantino like a scorsese where if he's making a movie people their ears perk up yeah i don't know because it's weird that we didn't get a trailer for this sooner and it's it's coming out so fast like i don't know what do you what do you think because i feel like if it was meant to have a theatrical release we would have heard about it sooner yeah i kind of believe the same thing it's it is weird that we are basically like it's just like here's this trailer from this really big director you're getting it in like three weeks yeah yeah i maybe it was i just i find that hard to believe that the the first thing was like let's get this on netflix it was. I know for a fact, though, that it, it was supposed to have a theatrical release, but it, it may have been like in the same vein as like the uh, like the Irishman did, where it was a Netflix movie that hit theaters for a couple weeks or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have I have a feeling just based on what we've gotten and how quickly everything's coming out that Netflix purchased this, but I know that it actually was supposed to be out in theaters. Okay, because that's the thing. Because like Netflix does get, you know, big name directors when they do projects like like you just mentioned the Irishman and then Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story but with those movies they were released later in the year and they had like the the theatrical thing so that they can qualify for the Oscars so it's kind of surprising that Netflix would get their hands on a on a Spike Lee joint cuz his name is is big enough that I would think that if they had a movie coming out for him and he didn't he win something for Black Klansman? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. I'm trying to remember what was it best adapted screenplay? Maybe I'll have to I'll have to look that up. I, I know he won something for Black Klansman. So I'm kind of surprised that they wouldn't have either held on to it for later in the year, see if they can get a theatrical release for it and let it qualify, or why not talk about it more before it's its release? Like, it feels like they're not really advertising it, which is crazy because it's Spike Lee. Yeah, for, for me, I think that the idea of Netflix getting the movie isn't, like, that's not out of the ordinary, but I think the timing is weird. It's, or maybe just more so just, like, when they're releasing it, I think is weird. Because, like you were saying, most of the time they release it later on in the year, and that's because they want it to be like right before the Oscars. The only thing that I could possibly think of is that if you release this, this is probably the only thing that people are going to watch. Like people are going to be hyped up for this because there's nothing coming out in June, like right, at least right now. And if you look at all the movies that have been coming out, I, you know, we've enjoyed a lot of movies, but none of the movies that have come out this year with the exception of bad education or anything that I would believe would be considered for any type of award. But like this is going to come out, and I, this is probably going to be something that's going to be on the Academy's radar, and it's probably going to be the only thing anyone's watching of like legit merit. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So maybe that's the the play. Okay. I mean, I guess 
I mean, it's hard to complain because obviously there's not a lot of new movies to watch right now. So you should, you should be happy to get this, especially if it's good. Cause that's the other thing is like, we don't know how good it is. I mean, we're assuming it's going to be good or at least it's going to be like masterfully done. Like whether, whether the movie as a whole resonates or not, that'll, that'll be a different story when we get to watch it. But yeah, like I, I almost feel like it's just kind of being like, Oh, here's a Spike Lee movie where it should be a bigger deal. And it feels like they're just crapping it out, which uh, I'm not a fan of its release strategy, but I am excited to see this movie regardless of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely excited too. I mean, we've been talking about what we're going to review and stuff like that. This is one of those few, like it hasn't happened a lot lately where a movie has been announced and we're like, that's an episode. I, that was like something as soon as this came out, I was like, Oh nice. Like we're reviewing this and I'm excited for it. Oh, that would be a cool episode. We should rank the, uh, our favorite Spike Lee movies. I don't know if, if you've seen them all. I don't think I've seen all of them either. Uh, I, I haven't, there's a few that I've, I haven't seen for sure, but I mean, I, I now I want to look up his thing. What his, his filmography. I was going to say, yeah, th- there's seen a um, lot. There's a few movies that I haven't seen. We could get it done or at least get like the big ones done within a month. But I mean, he's got a really large filmography. I think he's he's like nearing 100 credits as a director. So, wow. OK, yeah. then I definitely haven't seen all of them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of there's there's, you know, shorts in there and TV series and documentaries in there. But I mean, uh, I got you. I mean. You know, yeah, that's right. And and he directed NBA 2K like 15 or some shit. Yeah. Like I mean, his big ones are Malcolm X, Do the Right Thing, Jungle Fever. I mean, Black Landsman would be up there. She's got to have it. I haven't seen She's Got to Have It. But I'll, there's also tw- I don't think it was this big, but 25th Hour, that movie's fucking awesome. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen that one. I was going to say the uh, old old boy remake is his. Is it really? Yeah. So wow, that's a letdown. <laughs> that just made that movie worse, not because he's attached to it, but because it should have been better because he was attached to it. That's how I feel about Alien Three. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, man. Well, that just bummed me out. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he should have done better. <laughs> Come on, man. Damn it, Spike. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely think we could get the the main ones out of the way if we wanted to do something like that and just talk about our favorites. But he, I mean, he's got a huge body at work. He's got a huge body. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. Extra saucy. <laughs> exactly. I would say Spike Lee is a premium experience. Oh, he, dude, he is a premium experience. I've never seen one. He has got extra sauce, extra body. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a large body with extra sauce. <laughs> exactly. He actually doesn't That's how have... I like my ladies. <laughs> large body, extra sauce. Damn. But uh, you got anything else on this? I don't. Let's get the fuck out of here. Whoa. Smells like <laughs> Vietnam. Damn. That was that was crazy. <laughs> that was dope. Yeah. But uh, we are reviewing how to build a girl today. Now, full disclosure... We weren't sure what we were going to review today. I thought it was an instructional video. <laughs> yeah. I was very upset when this wasn't an infomercial. <laughs> I had my toolbox with me. <laughs> I was going to say, full disclosure, like we weren't entirely sure what we were going to do this this week. 
and it came down to basically this or Capone, and we went with this. But uh, this movie kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I guess Capone kind of did a little bit, just because we're not really getting anything, but I knew about Capone at least for a while. This, I didn't really know about it at all until like I started seeing stuff on Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, you know, hopefully we could, we could shed some light on it, because I don't think that a lot of people know about this, even now. Yeah, I mean, this is another one of those. It, it is on VOD, but it kind of just showed up. Like, I feel like whatever, I don't know what studio put it out, but I feel like whatever studio did release it was just kind of like, all right, let's, you know, just feed feed the people some some new stuff and just blow them, put it out there. Because I, I never saw a trailer for this movie. I didn't hear shit about it. And that's kind of surprising because I think we both really liked uh, Booksmart. Mm-hmm. So I I would have liked to have heard about a a new movie starring uh, Beanie Felstein. Yeah, the studio. I mean, because you just mentioned it though. Like I really like this studio, so I was just kind of surprised that there was nothing. Uh, they didn't put anything out before this, but uh, IFC Films uh it was the distri- uh, distribution company on this, and I mean oh okay. I mean they we haven't seen Swallow yet this year, but I've heard Swallow is very good. You know, last year they put out The Wind, which is a, a pretty cool, um, you know, horror movie. But it was it was much more low key. They put out Sort of Trust, which I know you really liked. Oh yeah, loved that. Yeah, so I mean, th- they're a good studio. I'm uh, pretty sure that they put out Wildlife, which came out two years ago, and you made fun of me because I talked about it for like ten minutes on our duty episode. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I'm trying to think. I th- I think they put out Rust Creek. Also, which was another movie that came out last year that I really liked, but yeah, I mean, all right, they're they're another um, you know really cool like indie studio. I would say they're they're below obviously below a twenty four, and I would say they're below Neon. But then like right after that, I I think they're right there. But yeah, like th- I feel like this movie didn't get like any hype at all. Like it just it just showed up one day. But I will yeah. say this. So I guess that's the connection to the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, it just showed up. Um, yeah. I was going to say the only th- one thing that like, I guess like it had going for it, I had a following, like this is based on a book. So if you've read the book, you were obviously looking forward to this and you probably knew about it already. I didn't read the book. I have a feeling you probably didn't read the book. <laughs> I didn't. And, um, not, not to jump into the movie right away. It's barely, it barely is. But the first note I wrote was, is this based on a book? <laughs> and then I and then I realized I'm like, oh, it's based on a true story. And then at the end of the credits, I was like, it was a book. Yeah, <laughs> it's a uh, you know, I'll, I'll yeah, we'll just get into the movie here. I'll start with the writer instead of the director there, just because it goes off of this. But the writer on this movie is Caitlin Moran, and she is the only writer on this movie, and she's actually the writer of the book, and she adapted oh. it, she adapted her own book to a movie. So there's. There's differences between the two, but she basically like rewrote it for the film, which is like I thought kind of cool. That answers like half of my notes right there. <laughs> so honestly, because has she written any other movies though? Has she done screenplays before? No, this is this is her first motion picture. Boom! There it is. Okay, yeah, that just answered a lot of questions I had. Yeah, but uh, Corky uh, Get Rook, I'm probably gonna butcher that name. She's the director on this movie, and the only other movie that she had worked on was uh, Woman Talking Dirty, which came out in 1999. So, I mean, yeah, I mean... I'm listening. (laughs) I I was going to say, she's she's done a lot of work, but it's all, like, TV. Like, she got a good body of work, but 
as far as films go, the last film that she worked on before this one was like two decades ago. Yeah, it's crazy. I really like the cast on this movie. It's not like a huge cast with a lot of like A-listers, but I really like a few of them. And I mean, it starts with the star of the movie. I Beanie Feldstein, I think is great. And I have a feeling that like, I don't know if she's an up and comer anymore. I feel like she might just be a star at this point. I don't know what you think, but like, I loved her in Lady Bird and then Booksmart, she was great. And then I think in this, she even shows a lot more of what she can do, but I thought she was really good in this and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what else she does. Seeing her in a movie, I was hyped for and I really like Alfie Allen. He's in this. Emma Thompson shows up for like a hot second, but I liked her a lot, especially last year in like Late Night. She is almost the same character from Late Night, but her character from late night at the end of the movie, not at the beginning. Yeah. I, I, I thought the same thing too. I was like, is this like a late night adjacent? Like <laughs> shared universe. Yeah, exactly. Is this part of the Kaling verse? <laughs> the Kaling verse. <laughs> yeah. The Mindy Kaling verse. Yeah. Patty Cossadine, I think is how you pronounce his name, but he plays Pat Morgan, the dad. I really like seeing him cause I mean, he's in hot fuzz and world's end. And then, uh, Lori Canaston is uh, Chrissy, who is uh, her brother. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people in this movie that are involved, I, I really like in terms of like the actors. So this kind of had almost like the same thing going for it that Bad Education did where I'm watching it. And then like people that I like just keep popping up. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And like what, what you said about about like her career that she's like really carving out for her. Like she's doing some really good stuff. And I think that she... Yeah, it's hard to say because now if you think about it, like Booksmart and this are now two films that she was a lead in. Because I would say Booksmart is like a co-lead type yeah, deal. with her and Caitlin Deaver. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, she's considering she hasn't been in a ton of stuff. She's really like skyrocketing kind of like, I mean, granted, this movie's release is much different from those other ones. And I know, I know Booksmart had like a, a very like slow box office which was unfortunate because that movie's great but yeah no i i mean i think i would still consider her an up-and-comer i would kind of put her in the same class as like anya taylor joy even though she has a little bit more uh titles under her belt Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're all part of like this younger generation and like lucas hedges although i think he's a little bit older but they're all part of like this same kind of generation that's all coming up and exploding at the same time sarsha ronan timothy chalamet like it's really exciting right now watching these young actors come in because I feel like in like the 2000s, there weren't any like young actors who were coming out and blowing people away. Because even if you look at Jake Gyllenhaal, Ryan Reynolds, when they hit the scene, they weren't on fire. They were in a bunch of shit movies and they, you know, we love them. No knock on them, but like they weren't great actors really yet, you know, like there was there were pieces missing and then now you look at yeah. them and like especially Jake Gyllenhaal it's like fucking worlds apart from where he started so it's crazy to see the, this young generation now and they're already fucking crushing it yeah there's so many i mean like you mentioned basically everyone that i probably would have mentioned but even like younger than that like we've talked about Noah Jupe the Jupe the Jupe man and um i'm blanking on the boy's name but he, the one from Room and uh good boys and stuff like i i, I think he's great thomas and mckenzie's yeah. awesome so i mean there's a, yeah there's so many good young actors coming up right now and i have a feeling because like book smart was much more of just like a comedy 
and this movie there is comedy in it but this movie's kind of this movie gives her a lot more to do in terms of showing her range yeah there was a lot of scenes that like actually like very like maybe very impressed with her. i already really liked her but i was like oh wow like this is really showcasing what she can do so i think this movie in some ways might even do more for her than book smart but i think book smart's going to be the more rewatched movie and you know probably the one that more people know but um yeah i mean yeah. we should just start getting into the movie but i mean top thing on my list was i thought she was great in this yeah absolutely like i love what you're saying about like seeing her range because you're exactly right like book smart is very much comedy and even like the the role she plays in ladybird i mean it's a supporting role so there's not a lot that you get to see from her anyways but this you see a wide like there, there is the comedy in there, but then there's like the drama. And I think she did a really good job and it's especially hard. Like, I mean, she's doing an accent the whole movie. Yeah. And, uh, I never felt like it sunk into like hokiness. Cause sometimes, especially like American actors doing British accents can be pretty brutal to listen to, mm-hmm. but she sounded very natural. She was, I, she's really good. Like, She's another one I think that as this show continues, we're going to talk about her a lot because she's really doing her own thing. And like even the movies that she's in, they're different genres. They have different vibes, but somehow like it feels like they're all kind of companions with each other because she's she's always playing a strong female character, someone who's independent, not taking any shit. Like she calls the shots type deal like, I, I think she is gonna, if she continues on this path, I think she's actually like a really good role model for like a lot of uh, young actresses coming up or even just, you know, people at home watching. Yeah. So I, I think she's fucking killing the game right now. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I actually really liked what you said about, you know, being a role model. Cause I, I even think a lot of that plays into this movie. If you want to just start getting into like the actual nuts and bolts of the movie, I guess it's probably better to read the book first. I don't I don't know, but just as I'm going to try and avoid as many spoilers as possible just because I think some people might actually want to go read the book first before they they uh come and watch this. But I think this might be a little bit different. I don't know for sure, but a lot of this movie takes place in kind of like the world of music and just that I actually really liked. I never related to that. Like I wasn't like a music critic or anything like that. And I've never been that snobby. I'm just kind of like, I listen to what I l- listen to, but I mean, both of us being in bands and stuff, I thought that was just really cool. Like kind of seeing the world of like popular music and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you, I, I could, t- you don't like it as much. I'm not a big fan of movies. Like, I mean, granted rock stars, not a great movie with Mark Wahlberg, but like, I, I've never been a big fan of like the, um, like the backstage type movies. Like I, I don't know why. And you would think like you're saying, like we play in bands, like we play music and stuff, but my experience in music has never been like that. And I know obviously, cause I'm not like a fucking pop star, but yeah, I don't know. Like something about like that aesthetic and that feel just like, doesn't really resonate with me. It's really hard to film something like that because you're always going to have the same shots as every other movie that does it. You're going to have your main character side stage looking out and then the lights shining and the people like there's only so much you can do there in terms of what kind of what kind of like storytelling you can do with the camera in those moments. So sometimes when those scenes come up, I'm kind of I'm like, okay, like I've seen this before. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like for me, I just enjoyed 
because in this movie they kind of make everyone who's like a critic and is like critic of music in this movie look like kind of an asshole and yeah but like i think for me and like maybe for you i always just felt like you know i i played in a ska band it's not the the most popular genre of music and i feel like you know the mainstream people like look down on it and stuff like that and there was just a few things in this movie that kind of like hit a little bit closer to home just because i i'm like yeah like you're kind of painting like a pretty accurate portrait of like you know what the the people who judge music like what they think is cool and everything like it's kind of almost like phony in a way you're a phony <laughs> you're a phony hey if, if fred durst can make it anyone can make it exactly but uh I don't know, just something about that part of the film like hit hit home for me, and I, I actually like really enjoyed that. Okay, cool. Yeah, it, it definitely, it didn't take away from me. Like, it, watching it, it, it didn't bother me. It didn't have any impact on my grade, but at the same time, like, it, it definitely didn't, like, boost it up for me. Mm-hmm. Now, what did have an impact on how I was enjoying my viewing experience is the vehicle for the storytelling in this. Because like when when you had told me that the screenplay was written by the author of the book and this is the only movie they had written, I was like, boom, there it is. Because the way this story is told in the movie, it's heavy on the narration. Um, it, it feels like I was reading a book. Like it didn't, I don't feel like it played out the way a movie would play out. It felt like a book all the way through, which... Maybe that was the director's vision. Maybe they wanted it to feel like the book was on the screen. But I feel like a lot of times when you're adapting a book, part of the thing is you want to kind of let people into your world and not just narrate the world to them. Like I, I feel like it, it kind of put up a wall between me and the movie and kind of didn't it didn't help in my connection to the material. Well, that's just for me though, honestly. No, I was I was gonna say like one of my biggest issues with the film was that I felt like there was conflicting tones and a lot of that was mainly in the world building because at times, especially really early on in the movie, it's established or like it seems like it's established that this is a very grounded story, a, you know, underclass girl who's kind of like a little bit isolated in terms of like she's not very popular and stuff and then she's she wants to gain more notoriety and and she's super talented like a lot of it seems more grounded but then at times the world feels extremely exaggerated like i was getting like some vibes like at times where just like random shit would happen and i was almost like this feels like almost like sorry to bother you light where like the world's just very exaggerated and definitely that took me out of the story multiple times where I was just kind of like things aren't happening in this story very natural they're just kind of happening and then it's almost just being being told to you like this is how it's going to happen like there's certain events that happen in the movie where out of nowhere a character will just be like oh yeah I got to go do that thing and it was never like established before (laughs) that that was a thing that they needed to do that's like a lot of the second act yeah so like I don't know that that bothered me. It's a lot of the story in terms of like what's happening and like the world building, it just didn't feel like natural, I guess. And that's why like I felt like it was the tone because sometimes it feels like you're watching something that's very grounded, and then other times it feels like you're just watching something that's going for the absurd. And it's hard to pin it well, down, I think. Yeah, n- definitely. But <laughs> why? Are moving people in photographs just common in England? 
Is that just the thing that I don't know about? It's like the, you got the Harry Potter paintings, the people in them. And then this movie, she's got all the pictures on her wall. And she's like, hi, wall. And they're all just like, oh, hey, what's going on? I'm like, what the fuck is going on in England? Why are we so far behind on the friggin' living inside a pictures game? Yeah, we need this. I I will say I got, I, a, I got a Daredevil poster I've been dying to move into. <laughs> At least talk to him. Yeah. What's up, Double D? I was going to say, yeah, shoot the shit with some Double D. Um, what up, D-Man? <laughs> D-Man. <laughs> you throw up the horns. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Ah. <laughs> um, I, I actually, I, I like that that bit of the movie, like, because it, it kind of uh, shows you how, like, she's closed off and has, like, no friends, so she's kind of almost, like, made these other friends. But I like some of the references, like uh, Joe Marsh from... Um, like little women is on the on the wall and stuff like that. They make some like funny jokes with like Cleopatra and stuff. So I I appreciated that. I thought the same thing though. I was like Harry Potter. Yeah, you got this from Harry Potter. It's, it's a British thing. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I don't know if that was part of the book or anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Again, probably would have been good to do some homework. <laughs> yeah, I I guess it it applies a little bit to that. Like. Again, some things feel very grounded. Some things feel very just cartoony in, in some ways. And like, I guess going off of that, you know, we had mentioned there's some actions and moments in the film that just happen very suddenly. And that's another like kind of, kind of big negative for me. Um, most of my negatives on the movie are actually just like how things play out most of the time. It's not necessarily like the story because I actually really like the story and I like the acting. And there's a lot that I in it that I like, but... I feel like they couldn't find a better way for certain things to happen. And there's some events that happen, especially a really pivotal scene towards the end of the movie just comes out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> and right. And I think, you know what I'm talking about, but like, there's nothing to set up that she would ever consider doing something like that. And then it just happens. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and that applies to a lot of other like smaller moments throughout the movie. Yeah. See, stuff like that makes me wonder, like, oh, I bet you there was stuff left on the cutting room floor, maybe. But then if that's the case, I feel like you should have kept. I mean, again, I don't know if that's the case, but I would hope that they didn't cut out things that would have helped explain that. But also it kind of makes sense because screenwriting is definitely different compared to writing a novel. You have less space, you have less time that you could really get your point across. And you have to be careful about the the delivery system you have for your information. So yeah. I think it makes sense that the story is still interesting because the person who wrote it wrote this movie, so they know the they know the story well and it's fine for a novel, but when you're putting it on the screen and you have to leave out certain elements you got to be super careful about what you take out because if that element, it, it might only be a small scene that seems non-consequential, but within that scene, there might be something about the character that's revealing that helps solidify an idea that pays off in the end. And I, I don't want to trash the writing because who, who am I to say anything? And I think a lot of this movie for me it's more my own like tastes and opinions than it is my like putting my fucking, you know, hand on my chin and thinking like a critic on this. Like I really just watched this movie as a movie watcher. Like I didn't really like 
want to put too much uh, extra thought into it. And I don't know, there were just some moments that were like very like cheese, like the dialogue was like kind of cheesy. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, just maybe, the the writer wasn't quite uh, equipped to adapt this screenplay. That's why a lot of times, like, it's an adapted screenplay. Somebody else adapted the book. Like, it's not the original writer. I think maybe if you're a little too close to the source material or to the to the original material or whatever, you might not see all the pitfalls that you're creating. Yeah. You know, I, I agree with what you're a lot of what you're saying. I, I'm curious what things they had to cut or what things they decided to cut because this movie's really not that long. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. Like, it doesn't feel like it was something yeah. where they were going to be like, this is going on too long. We got to cut some stuff. Like, we're, what can we trim down? Like, I feel like they had plenty of air in this movie to, like, have a few more scenes or whatever. So... Yeah, I'm I'm curious what decisions were made with the writing in terms of like how the story was going to progress and like some of the character development because some stuff just kind of happens and it bothered me for sure. Yeah. The story is fine. It's the structure of the film that that the problem lies in. And you know what? That might not even be all the writers fault cuz a lot of that does come down to the director and the producers and on how they want to shoot certain things or, you know, when you, you're writing a script, you're not putting in all of the, the little details and minutia that actually hits the screen. You are, you know, you're, you're creating the characters, you're, you're building their world, you're giving them personalities, you're giving us reason to connect with them and care about their journey. You're giving the characters an arc that they can travel and maybe the director decided you know what, let's tell it like this. Let's move this around. Let's cut this out. Like, I don't think that's going to work. And maybe with the writer not being necessarily as experienced in film, they let them get away with more. So it's it's really hard to see who's to blame here. Yeah, I agree. That's why I wasn't like specifically shitting on the writer herself, but the way things play out in general, just it bothered me. And I, th- I think that's one of like the weaker elements. Going on a positive though, I really like the themes the movie tries to tackle. And I think you kind of said it earlier with Beanie Feldstein being a role model. I think there's a lot of good messages and um, kind of like pathways that this character has to navigate. That would be really good for especially like younger girls and guys to see because she has a lot of, I mean, she has a, a pretty big arc throughout this whole movie. And I feel like her arc is, is very relatable. I think it's kind of something you can relate to no matter what you go into. It doesn't necessarily be, need to be music, but it's building yourself up and changing as like time goes on. And like, you know, if you get into the wrong type of crowd or like, what are you going to do? There's, there's a lot of good messages in here for, for younger people. And I, I really appreciated that. Cause I mean, sometimes you watch movies and it's, it's a fun movie, but it doesn't really have anything to say. I actually think this movie has a lot to say. So um, yeah. I really appreciated that. Yeah, her character is very strong. And I don't even just mean like as the character herself, but like the character development is very well done. Mm-hmm. I agree on that. But now, do you want to blow open some spoilers? This movie's not really like a huge spoiler movie anyways. But one thing that I actually really liked in this movie, it's it's not like a, like a ruckus like comedy. Like there's not like a laugh a minute or anything, but I actually really liked a lot of the jokes in this movie. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of funny moments. 
which like I was saying, like it's kind of a comedy, but it's also a drama, like and it gets serious at times. But I feel like when this movie wants to be funny, it's really funny. There's a lot of really good moments. You want to get into a few specific ones, it seems like. Yeah, dude. So spoilers. These none of these are major, honestly. And I don't even have a lot. Like there's one scene that stood out to me, and it's before she does her transformation when she reads poetry on the on that show. Oh, it's so cringy. <laughs> I, that's what I wrote. I was like, the poetry scene is so cringy, but like in a good way. I was like, this is brutal, and I, I love it. Like it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. And he and um that actor, oh shit, I know his name. Something Dowd, right? The one that plays like the the TV host. Yeah, uh, Chris O'Dowd, that guy. I saw him pop up, and I was just like, oh fucking cool. I I I haven't admittedly seen a lot of his stuff, but anything I have seen him in, I really enjoy. Like a. Uh bridesmaids and stuff like that and the uh the one and only cloverfield paradox <laughs> yeah well i haven't seen that one yeah i i know he was in, he was in molly's game i really like that game uh, movie from a few years ago that scene in general like i was sitting there like getting anxious like watching like oh geez <laughs> and it goes on for so long yeah i was like i'm gonna literally break my jaw from cringing so hard right now <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a few other like moments. The the mayonnaise bit I thought was really funny. The part when she's talking about her sex life or whatever to her brother also like I thought was funny but also like really cringy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> One thing though that I actually wasn't expecting to like so much in this movie. I really like the production design. In particular, I mean, I don't think this is a movie where the visuals are going to blow you away or anything like that, but I really liked the costumes throughout the movie. She has a few like really ridiculous outfits that I thought were were very over the top and funny and i really like just like the look of the like the lower class i'm assuming this is in the uk but like i really liked their house um in particular they've got kind of like this like house that they've had to like segment off rooms into other smaller rooms and stuff like that and i just i just love the way the house looked thought it looked really lived in and in general just the look of the movie i was really into yeah yeah and even something i liked is that even when she's like at the magazine or whatever, or yeah, it's a magazine, right? That she's writing for. Yeah. They could have, and you see it a lot of times in these movies, like when they get to the place that they're aspiring to go and it's like everything's super bright and crisp and like clean and stuff. Like I liked that it, even in the office, like the, for the, for the magazine felt, I guess not lived in, but worked in like, you know, desks have papers all over them and there's just like books everywhere. Like it, it didn't look like what you see in a lot of these Hollywood movies where like you're walking through and it's like all these like half cubicles and like everything is super neat. And then there's like a nice little uh, bonsai tree on like by the window or something like that. Like it felt, it felt very yeah. real, which is kind of like uh, calling back to, what you were saying, it's it's strange how grounded certain elements of this movie were and how much of a good job they did with those elements on set. But then to have like this more like whimsical kind of over the top moments throughout the movie. Yeah, it was, it was definitely kind of jarring sometimes. But looking at the movie, like I think they did a really good job kind of creating the, the scenes. And the only other like, note that I really have on the movie unfortunately it's it's another negative but 
I wasn't a fan of how this movie kind of ends. I was really digging it up until just this one last thing, and it's kind of a nitpick, but I think the actual arc to her character and the way the story wraps up is very strong, and it's going to leave everyone satisfied, and I think you'll be happy, but they decide to break the fourth wall in the last like 30, mi- 30 seconds of this movie, and I I hated it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it bothered you, but like they essentially like they break the fourth wall, which wasn't established for the rest of the movie, and then they basically spoon feed you what the lessons you're supposed to learn from the movie are, and it's like, I, no, I got it. I was you know I watched the whole thing, and it, it, I just felt like it talked down to you, and it, it just it just bothered well, me. I don't think it bothered me as much, but at that point, I had already, and maybe this is wrong of me, and I understand that, but like. I kind of categorize this as just like, oh, this is like one of those um, like teen drama comedy things where it's like, I feel like that's like a common trope in like high school movies where it's like your main character is like, my name is Beth and you might think I'm a normal girl, but that is so far from the truth. You know, like especially with the the narration and everything. So like by the time she breaks the fourth wall, it's like, all right, well, yeah, that definitely wasn't anything that was introduced before, but I mean, she is narrating her own story. So maybe where to believe that when we see her in that last scene, now we've caught up with our narrator type thing. So I, I could mm-hmm. almost see why they would have done it. I don't think it helps the movie at all, but it didn't really, um, it didn't really hurt me. Cause at that point I had already kind of put it in my mind. I'm just like, well, yeah, that, that sounds like something that would happen in that. Because even, like, the soundtrack, like, really fits that that kind of, like, high school girl movie type thing. And I, I feel like that's, like, a bad thing to say. But, like, I'm not... I don't mean it as a knock. I just mean, like, there are some tropes that take place in these these high school movies. And I think this movie hits on a lot of them. Yeah. I think it's a coming-of-age story. Like, that's kind of how I took it. I, I get what you're saying with like the fourth wall break and maybe she's the narrator and like I can get behind that. I think it was just the fact that they were like so in your face with like these are the lessons that you should have learned. I'm like, yeah, what? but that's what I mean. Like, I feel like that's something that happens at the end of those high school movies where like the mean cool girl slums it up with the losers and then she learns a lesson and then it always ends with like uh, it's slowly you know, zooming out from them on campus, like getting along. And it's like, you know what? I thought I knew them, but it turns out I had no idea. I guess that's what I get for being a fucking stooge or whatever, you know? But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that happens a lot in movies like that, whereas the narrator comes in and he goes like, well, I guess that's it, you know, like, so we did it. I don't That's why, that's why I kind of wrote it off at the end. I mean, I don't want to spoil my total feelings because we're literally about to jump to Tomato Tomato, but I think my personal taste definitely skewed my viewing experience of of this film. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else that, that you want to get into. I think I, f- I feel like I talked badly about this movie for a good portion of this review, but honestly, like, I had a good time watching the majority of it, and... uh there's a lot of good things there. And I think people who watch this movie are going to be happy for the most part. And especially when it comes to the comedy, I think you'll laugh a lot. So I don't want it to seem like I'm just shitting on it. There's just a few things that like, I think if they were better, I think this could have been really good. Like you could have put it up there with a, with a few other movies that are, you know, in this genre. Yeah. You want to get into uh, tomato tomato? Yeah. Hit me with them. 
tomato tomato and i'm gonna tell you right now we are breaking ground right here because Ooh. this is the first time ever on this show that there is no audience score oh we gotta write one quick <laughs> so i think we're just gonna have to give our letter grade but uh, you know we're also breaking ground. That's how ahead of the curve we are, is that the two dudes are reviewing a movie that the audience isn't even on yet, dude. So so now if we're playing by tomato tomato rules, the tomato will be the critic score and the tomato would be if we think anybody should review this movie. Yeah. Which obviously we do because we're doing it. Yeah. I, I was surprised though, because again, like it's not a low budget film or anything. It's got, you know, great production value. It's got some big names in it. So I was just surprised that it, it had, it said on there that the uh, audience scores would be up on um, June or not June, uh, May 8th, which is long past. So I was just like, what's the deal? Have people, has Rotten Tomatoes just not released them yet? Or has nobody actually reviewed the movie? I think nobody's reviewed the movie. Because if you think about it, like this movie wasn't very well advertised and it's $20 to rent. Yeah. So, so why would somebody roll the dice for $20 on this having no clue what the fuck they're getting into? I mean, it's it's 2020, like, or sorry, double deuce. You could just Google it. <laughs> but also, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of competition right now for what people are watching at home. There's so much stuff on streaming services. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, just hit me, hit me with this, I guess, just tomato. <laughs> hit you with the tomato. The critics, and only the critics, they are bringing this movie in <laughs> at a 79%. Okay. That's damn near a B, but that's a high C+. Plus. Yeah, that's a high C+. Plus. I love me some high C. I, I love me some high C also. High C and Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what this show runs on. You know, America r- runs on Duncan. Uh, the two dudes run on Chuck E. Cheese and High C or That's something. That's right. Because that we're the new slogan? We're seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, actually a couple days ago, I looked and this was at an 80%. So it dropped one. It dropped 1%. But I, it just sounds so much better when it's at a B or B minus, you know, when you're just a B minus and C plus. But what okay. did you give this? Well, I guess I'll go tomato. Yeah, that sounds okay. about right. I'll go tomato. I'm honestly not that far off. And it's funny because you mentioned, you're like, oh, I feel like we talked bad about it. Like, I actually feel like we were pretty split. Like, for every negative, we had a positive. And yeah. I'm kind of grading it on a curve. I don't know, actually, because I guess I'll find out when I hear what, what you thought. But I felt like this movie is good, but I don't love it. Like, I... It's not a movie that I would ever rewatch. It's not a, a style that really resonates well with me. Like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this type of movie anyways, but I can recognize the good elements and stuff like that. So I actually gave it a C. Oh, okay. I am not far off. I gave it a C plus. So I guess tomato because that's the only thing we can go with. But I was right there with, with what they gave it. I gave it a C plus. There you go. I had a feeling we might be close, but like as we were doing the review, I was just like, huh, I don't know. Maybe, um, maybe we are going to be kind of far off on this one, but no, I, like I said, I, I liked it. You know, I had a good time with it. There's a lot of funny jokes. And again, I think it's really well acted and I, I like the messages. I like a lot of the themes. There's just, again, a word that we've been overusing, but like a little bit more finesse on the script, I think could have gone a long way. 
In yeah. terms of basically, like if they could have just made the events of the movie play out more organically and maybe not had such contrasting tones with like it being grounded and then feeling very, you know, exaggerated, it would have been way higher for me. Um, cause there's a lot of good in it. And yeah, like I, this also isn't like a genre that like really resonates with me. And I feel like that's almost similar to like Emma. Cause like Emma is not really a genre yeah. that I'm too into, but I graded that very high. I think I gave that a B plus cause like, again like that script is really great and the, and the dialogue was great in the act so like again, if there was just a little bit more i think care given to like the way that things played out in this movie i probably would have scored it even higher because there are so many good elements to it yeah no definitely like i was having fun for i'd say m- most of the movie like there wasn't really any like like long stretches of the movie where i was like oh god when will this be over but there would mm-hmm. be periodically things that would just take me out of it or make me kind of like scratch my head as to like, why the fuck would you do that? So I think that's like really the only thing. Like it wasn't a very consistent watch for me where I was just in it the whole time. Like things kept taking me out. So I enjoyed watching it, but I'll never watch this again. <laughs> yeah. I think I'd be surprised if I watched it again, honestly. I, uh, you know, I just mentioned uh, Emma during that episode, you were like, I don't think I'll watch this again. And then I was like, I think I'm going to watch it again. And I actually did watch it again, like maybe like three weeks later. This, I I don't think I'm going to watch it again just because like with every good thing, there was kind of something that bothered me a little bit. Right. That's how it goes, man. Can't please everybody. You can't. You can't. <laughs> yeah. That's why I kind of wanted to preface. I'm like, eh, some of my opinion weighs in on, on this too. Like it's, it's personal preference. It's not all just like bare bones critique. Like I was, uh, I was definitely being influenced by my own tastes. Yeah, I hear you. It is what it is, baby. At least it's a new movie. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Uh, so a lot of places have this listed as a 2019 release because I think it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival in like the fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're counting it but for the double deuce. It's in the double deuce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad we got to talk about this. I'm still going to watch the other movie that we were thinking about doing. Like, I'm still going to watch Capone. But I have a feeling that, just from what everyone else has said, I have a feeling that I'm going to enjoy this movie a lot more than Capone. Capone sounds like it's potentially a shit show. I'm actually kind of excited to see what the fuck it is. Yeah, well, it's it's him when he's older, and he's like, right. his brain has collapsed from syphilis. It's like his like last year of his life or something like that. Yeah, I've heard that there's just like a lot of like ridiculous shit that happens in it where he's almost like a zombie. <laughs> Maybe he was. That's how he died. Maybe, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we got to it. It's always nice reviewing a good movie, especially during these times. Yeah, I mean, we'll take what we can get. See, when the quarantine is over, when all of this settles down, I would almost want to just rewatch every movie we've talked about so far and just see if I would grade it the same. Because I feel like during this time, we might have, like, rose-tinted glasses when we're looking at these things because... We're just so hungry for new movies that we're more accepting of some flaws, you know? Yeah. Because this year, I feel like we've only had one F on the show, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I, I feel like we've been more, uh, like, even-keeled when it comes to, like, these reviews as compared to last year. I'll, I'll agree with that. That being said, we watched everything last year. So I feel like yeah. I feel like jaded. last year. Yeah, like and, and and part of me like now when I'm like talking about movies, like I'm almost like, man, I stared into the eyes of the devil last year and 
and and this isn't that bad so i'm just like all right man like i can't fail you because you're not this thing that i had to sit through last year right <laughs> so, that's how you get the premium experience <laughs> that is the premium experience one of my favorite lines in um shit what's pineapple express is when she's like this boy like came out eyes redder than the devil's dick <laughs> man i gotta go back and watch that movie that movie's so good Pineapple Express, yeah, it's funny. I, I put it on recently. It's on a streaming service. I forget which one it is, but I, I watched it oh. like within the last couple of months. Well, that is a topic for another day, and that day is a week from today. <laughs> exactly. Or it was a week ago, because I'm not looking at a calendar, and I don't remember which one we're putting out first. The timeline is fucky. <laughs> the timeline is always fucky with this show. Yeah. <laughs> We actually recorded this episode in the future. Quarantine is over and we all have hoverboards. <laughs> that, that's how the government reward us. For all staying inside, here are hoverboards. Yeah. Oh, man. But, no, we got a another What to Watch episode coming out. I really enjoyed doing the last one, and I'm very excited to do this next one because there's, there's a lot of stuff that we can be doing to better our lives during this quarantine. But why do that when you can just watch a movie and listen to two morons tell you about that movie? <laughs> you couldn't have said it better. Or I couldn't have said <laughs> I, it better. I know. <laughs> yeah. Dead on. So you swampies know what the fuck to do. Follow us on social media at two dudes, movie reviews, go to two dudes, movie reviews.com. Leave us a five star review on Apple podcast. Or wherever you can review us. Just give us good reviews. Go on Yelp and say we make an amazing burger. I don't give a shit. I want five I mean, stars. I do. I do. It's my money and I need it now. <laughs> Listen, we JG Wentworth up in this piece. <laughs> JG Wentworth. 877 cash now. Not a sponsor. Now. <laughs> 877 fat now. That's a lot of people right now. I believe it. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, so fap on you swampies and uh, <laughs> and suck it, losers. It's just a fap on honorable ones. <laughs> fap fap on holy warrior. <laughs> Some men walk to the beat of their own drum. You beat off to the beat of your own fap. <laughs> what? <laughs> All of this is going in at the end. Yeah, I was going to say, now you can just be like, and on that note, <laughs> suck it, swampies.